Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to today's podcast of Chef Special on the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. I am your host, Patrick Honeywell. Today, I have a returning guest, Itsaso Oliaga, International Marketing Manager for Asasur, producer of Spain's La Española Olive Oils. Itsaso is back to field some specific olive oil questions posed to her by some executive chefs, a pizza world champion, and a senior sourcing manager for food and beverage for an international resort casino group. Itsaso, hey, how are you? Hello, Patrick. Uh, very happy to talk to you again. Okay, you're probably saying, why did I get on this podcast show again with Patrick? We already did one, but yeah, it's interesting. So, you know, in our first podcast, we talked about your position at Asesur, you know, a, a great company. And I, I think you guys distribute to over 80, 90 countries, uh, your, your products. And you shared information on olive oil production, the process. You also gave tips on choosing the right olive oil, different applications for uses at home. And so it was really great. And I had... Um, some chefs I spoke with afterwards say, yeah, I listened to the podcast and I liked it. It was great. But I would have asked Isazo this or somebody else said, hey, this is that was really nice. We enjoy, I enjoyed it. I listened to it with my wife. You know, somebody mentioned a chef. But why didn't you ask her this? That, I thought that was really interesting. I was curious and I thought, you know, that might be an idea for another show to ask food professionals, chefs, what they would ask you if they had an opportunity you being the expert in the olive and olive oil field so what i did uh so i reached out to some different awesome chefs and food and beverage professionals and asked them what they would ask you about olive oil and olives if they had the opportunity let me tell you who these people are we've got executive chef felix napoli he is the executive chef at hyatt hotels corporation kyung su carol he is an executive chef director of culinary operations at the resort at Pelican Hill in Newport Beach, California. Tony Gemignani, restaurateur, 13-time world pizza champion. And also David Talley, a senior sourcing manager for food and beverage for MGM Resorts International. He's headquartered in Las Vegas. So we've got some really, really great chefs. And food and beverage, I say food and beverage professionals because there's so many different areas within food. And, and uh, so my question to you, Itsaso, are you ready to field some questions? Of course, and I'm really, really like all these people wanted to, to, to listen to me talking about olive oil. <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting because they didn't hesitate. They said, oh, okay, here's my question. You know what I mean? And they thought it was pretty cool that I had you to, to ask, you know. So it was, it's just a really, it's a great opportunity for me uh, to get together with them. And get, it's almost like having them here with us and they're asking you. So I'm just the conduit right now, okay, okay. <laughs> of the question. So. Here's a question from Chef Felix Napoli, and he, and this is a question I've had too. What is the smoking point for olive oil? And for the listeners, smoking point, I believe, is how high you can get the heat on olive oil before it starts smoking and burning. Exactly. That's the point. I was going to say that, no, because not uh, everybody knows about what is smoking point. Mm -hmm. And the smoking point depends on the variety of the olive oil. I mean, extra virgin olive oil has a lower smoking point, mm -hmm. while, for example, the pure and extra light have a higher one. Mm. This makes the, that the pure and extra light are more suitable for grilling, cooking, 
baking and even deep frying. But uh, to answer exactly the, the point and talking about in Celsius, because we are, uh, I'm here in Europe, in Spain, mm -hmm. exactly. Uh, let's say that extra virgin is like a 160, while pure is a 215 or extra light is to, uh, 240. Mm. And uh, also, uh, it's not only about exactly olive oil, but pomace olive oil is also very good for deep frying because it has the same smoking point than, than extra light. That's interesting. Now, pomace is uh, a, a not a derivative, but it's, isn't it taken or squeezed from the, um, from the seeds? The seeds. Yeah, oh, exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but it's yeah, I don't know why it has like it has had like a very bad uh, advertising and uh, people used to prefer to cook with uh, seeds oils like uh, sunflower instead of pomas, but pomas is becomes from the uh, from the olive so it's healthier and very very suitable for deep frying. Okay, here's another question from Felix, Chef Felix. Um what are the best types of olives for the table, you know, for eating at the table and uh, or best for using to make olive oil? This is a very interesting question because it's not only related to the flavor, mm -hmm. but with the efficiency of mm -hmm. the of the olive itself. I mean, there are a different a lot of, of types of olives and with different sizes. And uh, some we used to to think that the the bigger the the best or the most oil I'm going to take from from the olive, but it, that's not true. I mean, there are some types of olives that all all the pressing them, uh, the quantity of oil that do, you extract from there is really low, hmm. and there they used to be uh, more for uh, table olives, like mm -hmm. for example here the gordal, and then there are other types of olives that even smaller, you can take much more olive, olive oil mm -hmm. from them than the bigger ones. For example, Arbequina. And it's really, really interesting, uh, this mm. question. I would think, you know, just grab some olives, squeeze out some oil. But I like no, that no, no. kind of clarification. Mm. Even a large olive may not have that much oil, maybe a drier type of olive. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Here's another question from Chef Felix. What is the actual temperature used in the process for making cold pressed olive oil? Because sometimes you'll see on the label, cold pressed olive oil. Exactly. And the, the churning temperature must not exist, exceed 27 uh, Celsius degrees mm -hmm. because that uh, makes the aromatic compounds are not lost and the oxidation process is not accelerated. I mean, you know, when you press the olive, and you want to, uh, the, the sooner you do it from, from harvesting, the better, no? And uh, let, uh, as we talked the other time, uh, the olive oil is like a juice of the oil. So uh, you have to avoid the oxidation. So the lower temperature, the better, and uh, it, it must not exceed 27 degrees, Celsius degrees. So here's a last question from Chef Felix. Uh, is there a way to remove the olive oil smell from the oil? Well, when I listen to this question, for me, it sounds a little bit weird, let's say, mm -hmm. because uh, there is no smell in the olive oil or, or any smell that has to be removed. I mean, uh, the thing is to keep the, the whole process since the olive grows until the, it, the olive oil is bo uh, bottled mm -hmm. in, in the best way and conditions, so there is not going to be any bad smell. Actually, if you feel that 
it smells bad, it's because it's uh, it has any fault. I mean, it's it's a defect or something like that, and and it's not to be removed, but the oil has to be thrown away. Mm. No, so. Uh, actually, the, the, as I said previously, I mean, uh, you have to, it, it's like a use. So uh, if you keep it in a good conditions without, I mean, the, the main enemies of the oil are the air, the light, and the, the, the warm when it's really warm. So if you keep them in a good uh, mood, let's say, mm-hmm. it's going to be fine. I mean, there is not going to be any smell to be removed. Here's some questions from Kyung Su Carol. Director of Culinary Operations at the resort at Pelican Hill. And his first question was, why is there a myth of not cooking with olive oil? Yeah, well, uh, this is a really interesting question, and it's very related with the first one about the smoking point. I think that uh, many people believe that you can't cook with olive oil because they don't know uh, anything about the about it, and they think that uh, it's going to provide their food a lot of I mean, a smell and flavor. Uh, apart from that, it depends on what do you want to cook. I mean, if you want to cook and uh, um, do something, let's say grilling, baking, deep frying, the higher smoking point that that variety of olive oil has, the better. And uh, also the flavor is going to be softer. If you mm-hmm. want uh, your food to have more flavor, let's use extra virgin. That's the reason why we have to educate people not only about the what is olive oil and the process itself, but also, I mean, uh, the differences in varieties and the, the how do uh, the performance of each variety in the kitchen. Hmm. But uh, and also we try to 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 learn people how to cook their local dishes with olive oil. I mean, because uh, m- many people used to. To, to cook with olive oil, like let's say pasta or Italian dishes or a salad or something like that. But they don't take like a traditional local uh, recipe mm-hmm. and try it with olive oil. I understand that you are like afraid. I mean, you imagine that you are cooking always with butter. Mm-hmm. You think that uh, the, the, the result is going to be different. But I invite uh, the people to, to, to try with olive oil. Actually, in our social media profiles of La Española, olive oil, mm-hmm. we used to post uh, the equivalences between butter or margarine and olive oil. So we invite people to try and discover how, it, apart from being much more healthy, uh, it, 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 the, 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 the recipe is going to be really, really good. Good. Okay. So here's another question from uh, Chef Kyung. He asked, do you believe that olive oil blends, you know, like a 90, 10, 80, 20, you know, they're more, more olive oil, but they, they add other types of oils. Are they good or made just to use, to be able to say they have olive oil on the dish? Yeah, no, 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 no. They are totally good. Actually, the 90, 10 is the extra light olive mm-hmm. oil oh, okay. and 80, 20 is the pure one. So mm. uh, they are olive oil. The only difference is the, that the extra virgin is just the 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 result of the of the the olives pressed but then here it's a a mix from refined which is not chemical it's a very natural process but the the word refined sometimes sounds really a little bit um, like chemical but it's not chemical Mm -hmm. and then with extra virgin olive oil so they are a good not good but really good and as said previously depending on what do you want to do on your in the kitchen and then it's the last question which country makes the best olive oil and why 
well, I like when I really love when people make me this question because <clears throat> uh, it does not depend on the country. Mm. I mean, if it's a, a good oil, it's going to be good here in Italy, in Greece, or in any other country, a producer of olive oil. If it's a bad one, it's going to be bad, uh, no matter where it came from. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, what it's true is that uh, Spain produces more than the 50% of the olive oil all around the world. So there are countries like Italy that uh, can't produce as much as they demand. Mm -hmm. So uh, sometimes they say that the uh, oil, oil is like 100% Italian or Greek or whatever, and mm -hmm. it's not possible because there is not such amount of offer to, to provide all that demand. That it's the only sense. thing that I, wow, that I that, can say. Mm -hmm. But uh, the Italian, a, very, a good Italian olive oil is spectacular. I mean, mm -hmm. But the same like and, and Spanish one. And if it's bad, it's going to be bad also. I mean, so I like this question really much. Hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So like, you know, Italians, I mean, the Italian olive oil, they, a particular company might have a huge demand and hmm. they just don't have enough to no. fulfill, but they have to fulfill. They can't say, oh, we don't have any. So yeah. they, they, you know, because uh, Spain makes, you know, more than 50% of all the olive oil in the world, hmm. they would be a great... Uh, source for them. I can understand that. Interesting. Totally. Yeah, huh. yeah. Okay. So I have some questions now from Tony Gemignani. He is the 13 time world champion pizza maker, owner of wow. a bunch of restaurants. He's awesome. Um, so I thought he'd be a good one to ask because you know that uh, Italian food, they're using a lot of uh, mm -hmm. olive oil, especially in the pizzas and, you know, focaccias and things like that. So his first question was, or he, he mentioned, because I believe that most of the olives in Spain can't be harvested because it's hilly. Is this true? Well, it, it, it's a, a, an interesting question. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> no, that's not true. There are different methods of harvesting that allow to harvest all the deposition of the field. I mean, uh, it's not related to technology or new methods because mm -hmm. they have been harvesting since centuries. So there is not, I mean, Probably there are olive groves that are not harvested because they are not, I mean, they, nobody takes care of them or whatever, but not because of the field itself. Okay. Now, I, just interesting, is, are there a lot of olive trees growing in hilly areas? I think it was wondering if it's hard to get to the trees because there's... No, yeah, but it's not, know? most of the, I mean... Spain produces more than the 50% of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, the area of Andalusia, mm -hmm. and especially Jaén, is the area that produces much more about the, the, the Spanish olive oil. Mm -hmm. And usually the land is not hilly, it's just the opposite. So there are not so, so many areas he, uh, with hilly fields or something like that, no. Mm, okay. So the next question is kind of relates to the, what we were just speaking about. He asked, is Spain having the same issues that Italy is having with what he called fake oils, meaning mm. olives used in the oil are not from Spain, but companies are labeling them Spanish olive oil. So in the, like we said, in the case of Italian um, mm. olive oil, that could have olive, you know, olive oil from another country like Spain, but they still mm. just put it as made in Italy. Do you have anybody doing that with Spanish olive oil? No, 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 no. I think that uh, actually when we were talking about the good and bad uh, um, 
uh, oil. I mm -hmm. wanted to clarify this. I mean, sometimes we have to look uh, on the label, uh, the origin, and, and uh, for example, from ourselves in Afesur and especially La Española olive oil, mm -hmm. we guarantee the origin and 100% uh, Spanish olive oil. Mm -hmm. And it's true that Italians used to, to buy in bulk and bottle uh, there in, in Italy and say that is 100% Italian olive oil. Mm -hmm. we, we, we don't do that because we don't need that. No, because yeah, we have, <laughs> yeah, we have olive oil, uh, enough olive oil to do, to do so. Here's another question from Tony. See, this is what he says. I hear the new, more efficient way to harvest is not by shaking the trees, but to grow them in bush-like rows and run a tractor that can extract the olives while they grow or where they grow and harvest, like they harvest grapes and tomatoes. Are hmm. you doing this at Asasur? Um, are you doing it this way? Are you planting your olives differently than you did years ago? He understood that you get more olives per acre this way with less waste and better quality and riper olives than shaking the trees. Well, uh, interesting question also. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the, there are different ways of harvesting. Uh, hand picking, shaking, or beating. Depends mm -hmm. on the field, depends on the moment of the harvest and other circumstances. I mean, the best way, uh, if you have like a really premium extra virgin olive oil and there is not such, and the land is not very big and everything, and you're going to sell it uh, really premium, uh, hand picking could be like the best way. But mm -hmm. also, I mean, uh, shaking or beating, it depends and it's not going to be uh, worse uh, for the uh, resulted olive oil. I mean, mm -hmm. the most important thing is to keep the most quality as possible when pressing and the resulted oil, uh, it's going to be uh, better. I mean, and you have to keep them, uh, keep it in a good tank, in a good conditions. I mean, it's not something that is going to affect too much. Uh, there are a lot of fake news about all these things. So mm. It's interesting that Tony has asked this, this because uh, uh, sometimes people think that when beating, we are damaging the, the, the environment and everything, and that's not true at all. I wanted to look outside of the, the chef side of things, and so I... I called a friend, uh, David Talley, Senior Sourcing Manager, Food and Beverage Development at MGM Resorts International. So he is the one that he procures, looks for you know new products that they don't currently carry uh, and brings them in. So he has different criteria. You know, he, he may have chefs that are saying, I want this particular kind of olive oil, or this is what I want. But he <laughs> has a lot of uh, his own ideas and questions and his concerns maybe with working with different companies. So his questions are a little bit different. So his first question was, he asked, I would like some insight to sustainability, including processing and packaging. Yeah, it, it's really interesting. And I'm really glad to answer this because uh, in Afesur, which is, you know, is the main olive oil company uh, around the world. Mm -hmm. And especially with our brand, La Española, we warranty and we really take care about sustainability. Uh, from non-intensive methods of harvesting to 100% recyclable packaging, we really we have found the perfect balance mm -hmm. of crafting mm -hmm. uh, uh, and, and, and finding out a very good olive oil while supporting traditional harvesting techniques 
and of course remaining sensitive to the to the environment mm -hmm. uh, in our packaging also actually for for example we have changed our capsules i mean like the plastic you have on the on the on the cap of the bottle mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they were from PV, pvc and now it's pat ah. and we are always looking ways to apply sustainability actions and policies in mm -hmm. all areas of the production since the olive oil olive growth mm -hmm. until the bottle is in the supermarket wow that's great yeah i mean that's yeah it's really important it's even it's more really important, important these days. for us yeah i mean it's like a, a it's like a really aim and a, and a basic premise for for the company mm. so yeah it's a great question from david and he asks it because mm -hmm. he even i mean his customers are really like the chefs and the managers mm. and all the restaurants i mean i think he oversees 13 the buying for 13 uh casinos in Las wow. Vegas. So that's a lot. Yeah, he has, yeah, uh, yeah. it's challenging. So here's another question he asked, are there any labor challenges to harvesting similar to the California produce industry? He said here in California, there are labor challenges in finding people to do the work, labor mm -hmm. shortages, a transient workforce, you know, people that are in and out all the time. Mm -hmm. um, and they don't work that long and issues with worker visas. Do you have some of those issues in Spain? Well, I, I like all these guys. They make really <laughs> interesting questions. Uh, well, in Spain, it, this also happens. I mean, that um, with this labor, uh, usually it's people not from, not, not Spanish people, but it, uh, this also happens with the fruit. I mean, oranges, with the strawberries and with everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, um, it's difficult to find local people to do to do this, but uh, in Spain, from Acesur, we we work very hard mm -hmm. to to be sure that our suppliers uh, fulfill like ethical processes and everything. Mm -hmm. Actually, we have started now like an. A, let's say ethical strategy uh, in order to make sure that uh, any people related to us mm -hmm. uh, it's really within good conditions and, and all this stuff but it's true that uh, usually local people try to do uh, other type of jobs mm -hmm. jobs although even now with the corona and all the crisis economic crisis that we are starting to suffer mm -hmm. um, I've heard from people that uh, is from Spain and it's not in a very good conditions in terms of economics and and they don't prefer not going i mean far away to 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 pick not only olives but oranges mm. uh, strawberries and mm -hmm. and it depends on the on the situation yeah. got you yeah mm. same we have the same challenges here for sure yeah, yeah. Mm. so then he had another question um he asked does the international olive council known as ioc do mm -hmm. they regulate fraudulent activities or are they more of a trade support organization? So are they keeping an eye on things to make sure that companies aren't doing fraudulent things? Or are they there to really support um, the olive industry? I would say like both, no? I mean, the International Olive Council is the, is the only intergovernmental organization in the world to bring together olive oil and table olive producing and consuming, no? Mm -hmm. And uh, this place is in a unique position. It's like a forum and uh, authoritative discussion uh, interested of people interested in olive oil. I mean, because it's intergovernmental, no? Mm -hmm. It's, uh, I think that it's a decisive player. Uh, and in terms like we have talked before about sustainability, responsibility to uh, for workers or ethics, 
and all all of these. So uh, let's say that both because we, it's like the way to take care among, uh, of of the sector, no, itself and and the industry of the not only olive oil but but also table olives. Well, those are the questions that I had gotten from uh, these gentlemen. Is there is there a question? that they didn't ask you that you'd like to talk about anything specific or no i think that we have covered uh, i mean uh, really interesting because we haven't talked just about the types of olive oil and the performance in the kitchen mm-hmm. but also about the processes and uh, and everything and i mean it's somehow it likes to make a sum up it's like even in Spain, people don't know about the process and what is about around the, the world of the olive oil. Mm. And it's really interesting for me to, to that you are giving me this opportunity to, to talk about olive oil. Um, I'm really happy. I love this this sector. I love my my country and I love my job. And I'm really happy to to to, to give something no, to the culture about the olive oil. It's really great to have this opportunity to speak with you about it. And I appreciate your time and I appreciate you. Me too. I'm super happy of being here. So, hey, listen, thanks again for taking time. Uh, best wishes for your family and yourself, and have a great uh, day today. You too. Bye bye, Patrick. For all of you listening out there, Chef Special is part of the Believe Podcast Network. Check it out at Believe.com. And follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Patrick Honeywell. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.